You sure are good at paperwork. <laughs> Nobody paperworks like you, cut. I mean, Vinny, wink. Man, you can sing, you can do martial arts, you can act, and you probably should write the next great American novel. <laughs> Character, not person, <laughs> who's my boss, who wrote these words for me to say. Banana pajama, pajama banana. Stop it. No, you stop it. I'm auto-dictating. I heard a rumor your dick was so huge, but you don't use it because Jesus. <laughs> God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to God awful movies. Each week, we watch another terrible movie so you don't have to, except for this week, because we happen to find the greatest movie in all of history. Get excited. I'm Heath Enright, and with Noah doing some birthday celebrating, you'll have to deal with me as host today. Sorry about that. And sitting about 700 miles to my left, somewhere in New Jersey, is the kid who your mom makes you be friends with, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how's it going, buddy? I'm fantastic, Keith. I'm also in charge because Noah's dead. Just dibs, <laughs> dibs in that right now. Throwing that out there. That seems like a bad idea. And sitting about the same distance away, somewhere in the beautiful city of New York, where Eli once lived back when he had dreams and aspirations, is repeat guest <laughs> maskist and our most requested guest, Devin Heater. Devin, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. I didn't realize I was the most requested guest. It's almost as if I wrote that in. That's official. You guys weren't paying attention. <laughs> and but we love that's him. That's canon now. That's canon. That's true. You tell all your other guests to get fucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. How many people requested you? Zero? That's right. Get out. Have oh. Devin again. Excellent. We'll just get fucked. That'll be, we'll play that audio right in at the beginning every time we have a new guest. That'll, that'll be fun. Love it. All right. So tell us, Devin. What are we going to be breaking down today? We watched The Riot, the story of Risk Control, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. It's a musical. That's right. And Eli, how bad was Risk Control, the musical? Well, if you're a racist and you wish MTV was just for you, you will love <laughs> this movie. It's every racist meme your aunt shares, the cop story. It's the best. <laughs> yep. We get a really weird picture of America through the eyes of a Christian musician. And by the way, the Christian musician I'm talking about is a person named Carmen. Just Carmen. Just Carmen. And this is his vanity project where he does bunch of music and he's a uh, karate expert and he's a police officer who uh, wins against minorities. Is that the basic <laughs> that idea? That seems to be the plot. Yeah. You're, you're playing fast and loose with the term expert there. <laughs> like he definitely, he definitely took a karate class. Like he definitely has seen karate movies and has taken a karate class. Like this morning when he made yep. this yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Or like maybe like from the ages of like 10 to 14. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a 10 to 14-year-old black belt in something. Absolutely. And uh, is there anything you guys like to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, this is definitely the best worst. Now, that's what I call a movie 
compilation. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, I'm going to go with best worst. Uh, Angry journal entry turned into a musical verse. I do. There's so many songs you could be talking about. I could. That's that's fair. I could be talking about a lot of different moments, but specifically, there's one moment where. So he clearly like he got he got to school and he got bullied by like you know the Eli Bosnick of his school, some (laughs) asshole atheist, and just got emotionally bullied. And he went home and he was like, "Fucking atheists are dicks," and he like (laughs) took that journal entry that basically just said that. And he was like, this needs to be the lyrics of some of my music. So he did. <laughs> so this one needs of, to be so, in one of my Christmas songs. <laughs> exactly. This, this movie is what happens when you never learned how to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just had like way too much time. Oh. He's like, I got to learn karate, but not well. I got to learn to sing, but not too great. He just <laughs> needed. While the rest of us were just distracted by our own penises. There you go. Yeah. If masturbating with glass breaking at the end was turned into a movie somehow, this is what would come out. No (laughs) question. There you go. Um, Eli, you got one? uh, Best worst? I'm going to go with, uh, we already hinted at it, but I'm going to go with best worst martial arts. Uh, (laughs) Devin already laid it out. Uh, He obviously took one Brazilian jiu-jitsu class or perhaps, you know, two when he was 10. This guy learned an arm bar and he was like, I mean, what else could you possibly need to know? Am I right? <laughs> and everyone else in that meeting room was like, uh, yeah, sure, man, because we'll get to it. But, you know, he he chose his super macho, super straight, super Christian character to just constantly put other men in his guard, which I got to tell you, <laughs> doesn't matter how effective it is. Doesn't look great. Does not look great. <laughs> just very aggressively wrapping his legs around other men. The movie. Absolutely. And then like a very awkward, slow dismount from every karate position <laughs> that takes about 20% of the movie is, is dismounting from what he was trying to do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll tell you all about the righteous invasion of truth. That is the real acronym, the riot, R-I-O-T, righteous invasion of truth. Boys. Carmen. 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 So excited to have you guys be part of the movie. Hey, we're excited to be here. So here's what I'm thinking. I play a Christian cop who uses Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills to take down a band of... Whoa. Jesus. Um, What? Uh, We can't make a movie about you taking down a, a band of... Nope. Nope. You can't. Yeah, stop. You can't say that word in public. Okay. You can't. All right. All right. I get it. I get it. I get it. What if they're gang members who followed me into the suburbs because they use rehabilitation programs to find new spots to commit crimes? Huh? That's Um, just worse somehow. And then I quit the movie. I like it. I'm in. (laughs) Let's go. Glug, 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 drink Malamia stuff. Malamia stuff is my favorite stuff. Um, Mrs. Trump, you wanted to see me? Oh, hey, Sarah, baby, do you look... Well, no, Greg, but you... you yeah, look... yeah, no, that's true, that's true. I look like Horton's abusive stepmother, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, what did you need? Yeah, it's Donald. He feels so bad about his hairs, so I make him a wig. What you think? Um, it's... Dark red. Jace. 
Yeah, uh, that explains a lot. Um, Miss Trump. Um, Call me Mario was, Maker Three, baby. Uh, not your name. Um, why don't you just try fourhims.com? Twas fourhims.com. Fourhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Oh, so you mean they sell the pills for the hims? Connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. Oh, like what Donald friend Mr. Jones said. He come over the other day um, and he said he have special helmet, but it was an Amazon. Nope, box, nope. And he um, no, take no, Melania. No, um, forhims.com offers well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair or to make your penis harsh. Uh, right, right. Uh, so no snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. I don't know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Donald doesn't like science. Also, this all seems a little, how you say, guater uh, John hanger, you know? No idea what you just said. Like a Jonawar. You don't want people to what? say, oh, he cracked a Romani bone, right? Yeah, still nothing. No idea. But look, we're talking no waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor visits, and you'll save hours by going to 4hims.com. Executive time. Exactly. And uh, if you want to order now, God Awful Movies listeners get a trial month of 4hims for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4hims.com slash gam. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash G-A-M. Forhims.com slash gam. Forhims.com slash gam. The only way life should be hard. You guys can have that one. Take it to the bank, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. And the first thing we see in this movie is... I think the Twitter icon, which was not a great start. <laughs> yeah, we, we found this movie on Carmen's YouTube channel. So that's the that's the level of quality <laughs> we're getting from this film, if you were wondering. Yep. And uh, we're going to start off in a diner with two guys having a uh, bad father contest, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And you know what? We're all winners. <laughs> <laughs> You, if I wanted to hear this conversation, I would go to literally anywhere in the state I now live in. Okay, this is not <laughs> what I want from my movies. So yeah, it's it's two guys in, in this diner, and we're on a crazy close up of both of them. We're like inches from their faces for some reason, and they're just talking back and forth. And one of them's like, "My wife died on August fourth, so it was a tough day for me." <laughs> and the other one's like, "Why? What do you, What do you mean? What's wrong with August fourth? And he's like. <laughs> That's, I just said, my wife, that's your sister. My wife died. That's your sister who died. And he's like, oh, right. Yeah, this is my sister. I, I did not care for her. Sorry. Sorry. I completely missed that his wife was his sister. Yeah. And I completely, I was wondering the entire movie why these two cops are so close. I why they assumed, moved together? I assumed they were gay lovers <laughs> and that that was just the subtext of the entire movie. I'm yeah, going to throw this out there. Reasonable. So did everyone else in the yes. movie. <laughs> we'll get to it. But there are a lot of people that are just like, of course, you're going to go live with him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just just for some context here, we're talking. We're not going to find this out very quickly. So I'll give it to you now. We're, we're talking with Victor, the main character played by Carmen. He is one of the cops. 
And uh, Jimmy is his partner cop and brother-in-law. That's the other guy. Yeah, but good luck having the movie tell you that because this opening conversation over shots of someone mixing a cigar butt into fried eggs <laughs> just goes back and forth between the straightest of exposition, you are my brother-in-law, to the dumbest conversations you've ever heard. Who would win in a fight? Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, or a bear? It's the craziest. <laughs> and it's the full conversation. Like, these guys had this conversation and not only thought they were the first people to have it, they were like, it goes in the movie. What kind of bear? That's a great question. That's a great Black question. Because, like, some bears are small. Teddy. Which bear is best? Yeah. I, Which I think, bear is best? I think Mike Tyson would win that fight, by the way. Um, yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't want Mike Tyson to win the fight because he's just Yeah, I don't terrible. want anything he's nice a, to happen. He's a, he's a terrible human being. He's that's <laughs> correct. He would he would definitely win it now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for sure. And he'd if still we be willing dug to up do Muhammad it. Ali, he could punch his corpse real good. And he'd be up for it if I know Mike Tyson. Yeah, if any if anybody would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll punch a I'll punch a corpse, it would be Tyson. Right. By Absolutely. The way, Mike Tyson impression is is on point. Yeah. Oh, what are you talking about? I happily punch a corpse for you. I would love to punch a corpse for you. But then, of course, they get you know they start talking about Hoist Gracie and the UFC. Right. Which yeah. Was the, a, which is a real. They just may as well have like looked at the camera and winked and been like, "Guess what's going to come up, guys?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The whole point is just to get to the fact that they have recently learned some mixed martial arts. So they start talking about Hoist Gracie being the best fighter who could beat up any boxer. Yeah. It was. It was the early '90s, and they were like, "This UFC thing might catch on, and if we get on it first, that could be good for our move." <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for them, it took 15 more years for it to like really catch on. Yeah. <laughs> and then they made it lame. But this is, the, again, this is the sweet era of UFC where they were just like, sumo wrestler, fight a ninja, go. Uh, <laughs> we'll do it on an island days. in international waters. If you die, you die. <laughs> yeah, literally no rules at this point. UFC was insane. So yeah, they're talking about this and then they get a, a radio call. Uh, again, they're both cops and they got to go respond to a, domestic disturbance or something like that. And we got a little comedy shenanigans for a second because they got to grab their sandwiches and they grab them. And then Jimmy leaves his sandwich on the roof of police car and they drive away and he doesn't get a sandwich. So that was funny. That will come back. Get ready. Oh, the uh, <laughs> hold, hold, hold on. Hold on to your butts, guys. This There's a lot of sweet callbacks in this one. <laughs> that will be one of them. But, uh, you know, that's just a classic mistake. You always go right to the pocket with the pocket sandwich. Everybody knows that. Dumb. You deserve it. Especially if you're a cop, you got so many pockets. <laughs> right, exactly. You could have a bunch of pocket sandwiches now that I think about it. That's pretty sweet. He becomes a cop for the pocket sandwiches. I would, I would have so many later cheese sandwiches. You would shoot so many unarmed people? I would. What? Yeah. Okay. I was transitioned there. What I'm saying is you're jumpy. Okay. <laughs> and a racist. No. Nope. Okay. So the next scene that happens that I'm not in, um, they're arriving on the scene of the domestic disturbance and they run into the building. Well, not really. They uh, really slowly walk into the building and they're just talking to each other about their sandwich still. Yeah. They are ignoring, they, they sort of sneak into the building to stop a domestic disturbance, but they stop to like have a little bitchy fight. Yeah. Uh, on the stairs. And it's like, I really wanted a fucking sandwich. And then we hear a girl scream. And he's like, oh, all right. Uh, 
table the sandwich thing. We'll still we'll deal with that screaming. Girl. We are coming back to this. Yeah. This is not over, okay? I don't care how many people I got to kill in the next scene. We're coming back to this fucking sandwich. Right, so they they show up, they knock on the door, little girl comes to the door, and they ask to look around, and it's this weird, suspicious moment. So they walk into the apartment and start shining lights and stuff. Yeah, it's suspicious because a seven-year-old prostitute Thank opened you. the door. Like, <laughs> okay. this is... Yeah. Like... And they're and they're sort of like they you can tell they almost leave. They're like, all right, eight-year-old prostitute, nothing too bad here. <laughs> ah, let's look around. We might yeah. as well. I could go back and get another sandwich. No, all right. You know what? We'll look around first. And I gotta say, this is not just I mean, it's disturbing because the movie's like, look, child prostitute being abused by her gang banger boyfriend. But what's what's terrifying is that this movie was like, who should we get to play a, a child prostitute? Who said actual child? Literally everybody? All right. Who has a daughter they want to dress up in bruise makeup? Again, everybody. We are crushing this casting. Right. To catch a predator at least used 20-something actors. <laughs> right. And uh, we also know something is amiss because of all the graffiti on the walls. Uh, yeah. It's, oh, man. It's not very good graffiti. Nope. Do gang members graffiti their own walls, like in their fully lived-in apartments? How else will they know what gang they're in, Eli? <laughs> and basically write I, out, like, full sentences about what they are and who they are. It's just like, I'm a gangbanger writing on my wall right now. I'm sitting here on my couch, and I have a name tag on, just in case. <laughs> and I have finished with my tag. Yeah. And uh, they appear to be from a gang called... The, the United Kingdom gang, I was seeing UK with a little crown and like a thing. We learn it's the V Kings or the Vice Kings later, right? Yeah, it's this changes. They're, for some reason, they thought they were going to get sued by the Latin Kings or the Prince. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, Whose lawyer called them? Yeah. Someone was like, hey, Latin Kings is a brand, man. You can't no. just walk around. They're very litigious about their, their <laughs> trademarks. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So the point is they're they're snooping around the apartment and one of the cops sees a bad guy hiding in the next room. He sees the the reflection of the guy in the toaster, right? Yep. And then he does the the classic, "Okay, I'm just going to leave now. I yeah. don't know why I'm telling you this little girl, but I'm going to put down my gun and bend over and then leave." And then of yep. course, yeah, it was a classic Roger. Columbo move. That's that's vintage Columbo. <laughs> Well, I gotta go. My wife, you know, my wife, she worries when I'm not home. Let me just close the door, click. <laughs> this this doesn't work on toddlers you've just put down for a nap. Why does it work on a full-grown adult? <laughs> because he doesn't believe in Jesus. There you go. Although, honestly, gangs tend to be very religious. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and he does the I'm gone now, and the gang member walks out, and he's like, freeze! But apparently there was... Also another guy in the room, so they struggle for the gun for a while. Right? But the second guy shows up so slowly, it's the best. <laughs> They're like wrestling over the gun, the cop and the first guy. This is uh, Victor and the, uh, the, the, the first uh, bad guy, which we're going to learn is T-Rex, right? This is T-Rex he's T-Rex, yes. Yeah. Played, by, played by former UFC fighter, Chemo. That's uh, right. Who Whoa. would uh, sentence his opponents to uh, chemotherapy? That's true. That's Wait, what he called seriously? it. Seriously? <laughs> that is what he called it. Yes. And, That's amazing. Uh, he, 
And he would enter, he would enter the arena carrying a 20-foot wooden cross on his back. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like uh -huh. a chemo bag and like a thing. I was really excited, yeah, for him to like wheel out covered in a blanket with a headscarf on his head, and then he takes it off and he takes steps out of the wheelchair and he's like, ha, I'm fine. You're gonna get chemoed. Oh yeah. Love it. Love it. That's uh some great pun work by the mixed martial artist. Um yeah, so he's wrestling with the cop, Victor, and then second guy runs in like as slowly as you can possibly imagine, like walks in and like taps him on the shoulder. And he's like, I would like to uh, join this wrestling fight as well. And he's like, cool, you can do yeah, that. He's essentially cutting in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Victor is such a good mixed martial artist. I'm sorry, Carmen, the singer and activist and actor is such a good mixed martial artist that he puts Kimo, the MMA expert, into an arm bar and taps him out. Yes, he taps out. <laughs> in reality, in a police fight, he taps out. And then uh, Jimmy, the partner, finally runs in and uh, he, he cuffs Kimo because he's tapped out. That's how it works legally. Yep. You know, if you tap out in real life. They yeah, they have to let you cuff him at that point. That's the law. That's the law. <laughs> if you tap out, they have to let you cuff him and you can't, you can't resist at that point. All That's those true. real world tap outs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So now uh, the second bad guy starts running away. He goes uh, down the fire escape and into an alley and the cops have to pursue. He literally hides behind a box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of the best moments in the movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. He's, he, <laughs> he goes to the alley and he sees a police car coming and he's like, oh shit, uh, cops. I'm just going to hide in this, uh, this mannequin scene of gang members in this alley so they won't know what to do. Well, normally he would take his can of black spray paint, spray a tunnel on the wall. <laughs> but he forgot his spray paint because he had to leave in a hurry. So right. He just, the cop he just stopped moving and, and no one could see him. Cop car just drives into it. Oh, I didn't think this out. This, I should have put it not in front of me. I got to put uh, it to the side of me. Now I'm running over. Uh, <laughs> box, 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 box. <laughs> so uh, he... he Hides from the cops for a second and then runs away. And Officer Victor is pursuing and he finally catches him in a second alley. And they go into martial arts fight number two. So he has the triangle choke locked up on the wrong side. So um, <laughs> yeah. all he's really doing here is just wrapping his thighs around this guy's head. That is 100% all he is. Which is, which, I, which, is, which is what the move is. This so is like, a sexual move now, fine. not a, a martial arts move. 100%. Yeah, no. He's got, he's got to be all the way on the other side of his body. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Listen, Which is not everyone is as good at Brazilian jiu-jitsu as I am. So. <laughs> and what's amazing is at some point, Carmen looked at dailies and, and some real person, right? Not a Christian, someone who knows how to operate a camera, right? Because this movie is relatively competently shot was like, hey, Carmen, take a take a quick look at this. So uh, in this scene, I don't know if you were going for him, but you could see you wrap your thighs around your enemy's face mm -hmm. and just yep. leave yep. them there for right. like. 20 minutes? For a while, yeah. Did you want that to be in your movie? Y yes. Did you get the extended cut where I took my pants off? I did. Just email that one. Cut that out, but email it to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that must, must have happened at some point. Yep. And then he armbars. Oh, wait, sorry. Before he armbars him again, we see Jimmy. Jimmy goes up to the other cops, the backup, and he's like, he's right behind us. He just radioed in. Yeah, this also like... There are always other cops, like, 
in the next room every time <laughs> that guys get in trouble. Like there is no downtime between oh boy, we're shit's really hitting the fan and all of the other cops showing up, just, which yeah. is amazing it, logistics just on the part of the through Chicago ceilings Police attached to anvils and parachutes. Yeah, it's the best. They're out However, of they don't do anything. They are really just there to watch. Yeah, Carmen's they character. Up, they clean up afterwards. Yeah. yeah. They, basically, they, at this moment, Jimmy shows up and just watches Carmen wrestle around with this guy for a while, just as they name moves. There's, he's just like, <laughs> parry block, spin move, e side guard, full guard. And then finally, we get the triangle joke. And uh, then they do the 20 minute dismount of the submission hold again. <laughs> And and then uh, they both pull a gun at the same time because now he's let this guy go. I guess he didn't tap out at this point, so he's allowed to pull his gun. And he pulls his gun, and Victor pulls his gun, and uh, they have a little standoff. And we don't know what's going to happen because we cut away immediately. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, we cut to, uh, this was confusing, a factory that produces steam as their product? <laughs> yeah, I said they I made thought flashes of light. <laughs> <laughs> I thought something had gone wrong and like YouTube just started playing <laughs> something else. Like I literally like paused it, exited out of full screen and was like, huh? They're all no. Because <laughs> I watch I watch a lot of shitty 80s and early 90s music videos. Got it. Because I think they're funny. So like this is absolutely something that would randomly show up on my YouTube. Um, anyways, and then I found out it was the movie and then, um, I had a stroke. Yeah. This uh, is the suggested video before YouTube existed. But yeah, we have cut just for clarity. We have cut directly from a Mexican standoff to music, hip hop video, Christian music, hip hop video. Yeah. Yep. I'm pretty sure this factory exists in like a prequel to Footloose universe. Like this is why this is why dance was made illegal in the town of Footloose. These people all get into a car right after this music video and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a musical. It's official. This is our first musical number. And um, the very first line, it's a rap, by the way. This is, a, well, would you call it rap? It's rap and... Uh, no, it's, no, no, you can't call it rap. It's... <laughs> It's it's like the very, very worst possible version of bringing the noise, bringing the funk, right? It is to rap as blackface is to actually being black. Yeah, this is politics. <laughs> <laughs> like, this from is a distance, if you're an idiot, it, it's rap. It's, it's from that period in the 90s where white people hadn't given up yet and were like, so you're saying to me that rap is talking like this. All I have to do is just talk <laughs> like this. And then finally someone took us all aside and was like, I need you to stop that. And we were like, can we, can we keep Marshall Mathers? And they were like, yes, you can keep Marshall Mathers. Can, can I keep the part where the very first line of my rap is Webster's Dictionary defines riot as an uproar? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can keep that. That's I'm not making that up. That's literally nope. the first line of this musical number. This rap. Shitty, shitty wedding toast, the hip hop song. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, pretty sure this musical number was sponsored by Oshkosh Bagash, which was interesting. They yep, make a lot yep. of music videos. Yep. Everyone fun. is wearing a different color of uh, overalls. Also, the dance choreography here is Tai Bo meets hip hop, which I thought was a pretty bold choice. <laughs> the dance choreography was we've hired a bunch of professional dancers. Absolutely. But 
Carmen can't dance. No, he cannot. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> so we have to do what Carmen can do, but just enthusiastically. Absolutely. <laughs> we have to do it as hard as we can. <laughs> they show Carmen doing like one little leg motion, and then we cut to smooth criminal for a second, and then it's back to yep. Carmen doing one arm motion, and then this amazing dance troupe behind him. Yeah, it, it's pretty rough. He'll keep doing that. By the way, um, this factory that we're in, is it in a submarine? Because it's nothing yes. but spinny mm -hmm. door valves. That's, again, that's they seem to be producing steam using spinny valves, and that's it. Also, they're chained there, so it's a slave factory? It's a, yeah. It is. Well, and, and they're also, it's also in the future because they have, like, weird super chains that they, like, steal the magnet key to. Yep. There's a lot. There's a, it's basically it's Johnny is they're they're trapped in the Johnny Mnemonic universe <laughs> as white slaves. Yep. Right. In fact, they are obviously aware that it wasn't okay to make one of their black dancers wear chains because everyone is chained at the beginning. But if you look at the first shot of all of them, the black guy is acting as though he's chained, but not wearing chains. He's just sort of holding his wrists together and being like, "Ah, oh, no," because yeah, obviously. The actor made that choice, right? Oh, no one else, nobody else has the racial sensitivity <laughs> or foresight to be like, hey, you know what we shouldn't do? That was absolutely a compromise. He was like, I'm not doing the fucking chains. And they're like, come on, fine. Just, you have to unbuckle one of your shoulder straps of, of your of your Oshkosh Pagash <laughs> overalls. All the black people, in fact, we're woke. You guys normally do that, right? We need to have you all do that. Classic. And that's actually how they have the costumes in this. I'm pretty sure all the black people have one shoulder strapped down. It was rough. Yeah. It was really rough. Okay, so what's the plot of this uh, video, this riot? This, I mean, this is, supposed, this is introducing the word riot in some vague way, but it won't apply yeah. to the movie. The, the only time that we ever hear about <laughs> right. it. Yep. Right here at the beginning. Nailed it. Name of the movie. Snakes on a plane. Everybody wins. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what, what are these factory workers doing? Yeah. Why are they rioting? Yeah, the Johnny Mnemonic slaves, they, they try to stop them from dancing with chains and steam, but they, they can't. They steal the magnet key and they get free. And then the boss characters come out and are as confused by this movie as we were at this point. Yeah. Like, they very clearly are mouthing, like, what the fuck is this movie about to it's each like other? They came, it's like they came out of their office in the factory and then just, like, saw a bunch of people had broken in and chained themselves up to the factory <laughs> equipment. And they're like, what the fuck are these people doing here? Guys, Why are they dancing? Like, let's beat this shit out of them with clubs because we have, a, we have that for some reason. And you said it was a stupid idea to have a full-time paramilitary security force. <laughs> well, now there are people dancing in our steam factory. <laughs> we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this, this paramilitary force and some cops show up to put down this factory riot, I guess, is what's happening. And we see a bunch of dancers being side-tackled. And uh, that's pretty much how it closes. Although, at the very end of this, we get a quick shot of, I'm pretty sure, the stage crew running behind the scene. And yep. then it ends. Yeah, for sure. Also, fun, the security forces of this factory only tackle the women. Yeah. So like, there's like three women, and they like beat the shit out of the three women. But then they see everybody else dancing. Carmen up front. 
doing the Macarena because it's the only dance he knows. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like intimidated and terrified. And then the cops come and rescue the rioters, which is not traditionally how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Traditionally, when the cops show up at your riot, it just got worse for the rioters. <laughs> right. But in this case, they're on the rioter's side. Yeah. They, they, they bust in and the rioters, I guess, were like, no, we are the good guys. And then they're like, oh, shit, okay. And then <laughs> we watch them arresting the, the bosses and they lead them out in cuffs. Yeah, that's the end this of that. Is Carmen, this is Carmen's music video response to fuck the police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, now that we know what's happening in music video universe, we're back with the cops from the beginning. And uh, Victor and the bad guy were at that standoff and they just shot each other. That's what we find out. Yeah, and I, I just wrote in my notes here, maybe they both killed themselves because they saw that music video. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that the music video was this guy's life flashing before his eyes. Um, it wasn't, but I like, I think that yes. God, I spent so much time inside that steam factory. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, him and his brother have a, really tender, really touchy, are you okay moment. Oh, right. Yeah. So Victor just got right. shot, but he, he got saved by the Kevlar vest, but he's down. And Jimmy, his brother-in-law and cop partner is like, oh, are you okay? You okay? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Maybe help out the guy I shot. He's right there. And Jimmy's like, no, I will not. It's the best. I wanted it so bad. I wanted chemo to be fine and still armed and just roll over and just fucking waste Jimmy. And be like, <laughs> No, you, you, you have to check on me because I'm, a, I'm, I shot a cop. You have to make sure that. Come on, it's the, just common he, sense here. He you should make sure that I'm out. He literally is like, did I just murder him? And he's like, don't worry about it. He's not white. That that's might as well be what Jimmy says. You're a cop. You'll get away with it. This is Chicago. Nobody gives a shit. You're the main character. Don't worry. <laughs> right. So. Now the ambulance is here and all the cops that are in the very next room are here. And I wanted to murder this EMT so bad. <laughs> this EMT's hands are covered in blood. The blood of a drug dealing, like, heroin addict. And he just keeps touching his neck. Constantly. Without Constantly. stop. And he's like, yeah, you shot him right here in the neck. His neck right here. See where my glove is touching my neck and the fingerprints of the blood? <laughs> That's where it was. Let me put these fingers in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's blood. That came from his neck when you shot him. Oh my gosh, is that seven layer bean dip? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm gonna go masturbate now with uh, this bloody glove. I'm I'm gonna rub my face along the bean dip and slide it along <laughs> your face if that's okay. That is okay. I was hoping you would do exactly that. Excellent. Excellent. We're making a lot of contact with each other. That's that's pretty much all that happens in this scene. We we learn uh, that we do learn that T Rex is a fucking minor, even though he's forty five years old. He's a minor. Okay, <laughs> so they had an eight year old prostitute and a fifty five year old minor drug dealer. <laughs> maybe that's why they weren't. Maybe this is the Benjamin Button universe, and that's why when they saw the child prostitute, they were like, "Oh, that's not a big deal." <laughs> Old lady. <laughs> she's like she's like ninety. <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to be a minor. He's supposed to be one of those thug prodigies and that's actually going to be a theme here moving forward and now we cut to uh lieutenant's office with victor and jimmy explaining the shooting to their boss so victor wants to transfer and his boss is he just shot a man in the neck and got shot himself that seems like a valid reason and his boss's first reaction it's like 
Is this about the shooting someone and getting shot thing? <laughs> I've killed six people. Six. Like, <laughs> look, you're going to get, you get used to it. This is Chicago. I've killed six people. He actually brags about that. He's like, I've pulled my gun six times and killed six people. I'm batting a fucking thousand. I don't know about you guys, but every time I pull a gun, I shoot somebody. That's good cop work. <laughs> I wanted him to like accidentally take his gun, like falls out of his pocket and he's like, I got to kill one you know of you guys. What? I don't want to lose my streak. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. This is it's on the line. I'm going seven for seven. <laughs> but yeah, he's basically like, no, don't retire. Don't go to another city. You'll get over it. And besides, gangs are going to follow you wherever you go. Yep. And uh, Victor, at this point, he's just, he's rattled. So he wants to move to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma from Chicago. We're in Chicago. He wants to move to rural Oklahoma, where he has fond memories of going as a child, I guess. Cool. Go, go for it. <laughs> but again, this is where we get the weird moment where he's like, anyone going with you? And he's like, oh, yeah. I'm bringing my partner. And again, I did not realize that they were brothers-in-law at this point. So I was just like, is that how it works? Do you yeah. bring your partner? Now, I, I, at this, like at this one, I was like, oh, this movie is actually rather progressive. They have gay <laughs> cop partners who have two kids together. And they're going to move to Oklahoma and start life on a ranch. Like, it's basically it's like, if what if Brokeback Mountain, they were just cops. Oh. And I was like, I'm excited. I'm excited about this movie now. That's a good movie. Uh, oh, it's disappointing. It's very disappointing. I'm, I'm writing. I'm writing that. All right, script. put it together. Put it together. Lethal weapon meets broke back mountain. <laughs> and and again, as sort of a last ditch effort towards the end of the scene, the captain's like, "Look, you remember when your wife died? That was rough. I was there. I am not sure why, but it was a bummer. <laughs> she was one of the six people I killed. I get it. <laughs> anyway, it was hard for me too when your wife was having your child. I shot her in the head the second the child was born." <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I didn't have to draw again. That kid was done. <laughs> but can you want it to leave Chicago? I told you, if you did, I'd kill your kids. <laughs> That's what happened. But yeah, he goes like, yeah, I was there when your wife died. That was sad. Ah, you're going to do what you're going to do. Let me know if you need it. Like, he just becomes instantly dismissive and accepting of the fact that his, like, top detective is leaving. He's like, look, some the day I met you, ah, it's fine. Yeah, we'll throw you a little party. We'll get a cake. It'll be fun. Chuck E. Cheese? TJ Fridays, huh? Whatever you want, eh. whatever you want. <laughs> By the way, do you remember remember watching the life and your wife's eyes get extinguished? That was fun. Okay, we're done. Cool. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's the end of that. Now we're back in music video land. And I gotta say, I was so excited there was another music video because I was really afraid that was just going to be a random one-off <laughs> thing that never showed up again in this movie. Oh. Because if it's ever gonna happen, it would be in this movie. See, what we should have done is we should have not admitted to you, Devin, that we also saw the music videos in this movie and just been like, Devin, what are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> what you are had you another talking about? Stroke, I, would finished, I would have finished recording this and then thrown myself <laughs> off the roof. There's a perfectly reasonable cowboy scene right now, but it wasn't musical. <laughs> You're weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what's happening now. We're about to get uh, a country music number. From Carmen, the performing artist. Yep. Which which I can only assume exists because Carmen sat down with someone and was like, I really want to show off that I can, how do I put this, literally destroy all possible forms of music in this movie. <laughs> Every conceivable genre. 
We need listen. I own a guitar, so we need to have a scene where I'm holding one, but almost never play it. <laughs> I haven't quite figured out how to play it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's perfect. Also, I have a very small turtleneck and a very large red jacket. I'd like to show those off. No, that's yep. great. That's great. We, we all, we're going to put all that in there. So, I mean, I described it as a country music thing, but did they also have uh, s- some white guy reggae built in for some reason? They did. They, they break that down. We're, we're going to get the full white guy reggae later. But yeah, there is a, there is a reggae breakdown in the middle of this country music song. Well, that's a common trope in, in country western music <laughs> is to go a little bit south of the border to Jamaica. <laughs> to Jamaica. <laughs> Way far south. It was about it was about three quarters of the way through this song that I realized that I have understood and heard zero of the lyrics <laughs> to any of these songs. Oh yeah. It's all just Christian noise. <laughs> I started writing down the lyrics for the first watch through of this. I was like, oh, I'll record the lyrics, we'll talk about it. And by the time I got to this, I was like, nope, delete, delete. And then they <laughs> sing. Yep, and we're watching uh, silhouettes of cowboys doing square dance moves in the background. Oh, Carmen's in the front. And there's just one little moment that I loved. They're doing, I guess, too advanced of a square dance move between a guy and a girl. And the guy clearly gets hurt. He tries to do like like a somersault at the end of one of his dance moves. And he clearly like, you can see him being like, ow, I twisted my ankle, cut, cut, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. But they keep it and they don't care. It's the best. My favorite, my favorite part is they're they're doing they have like two pairs, you know, doing their dancing. And then they like they like the guys spin off and spin into each other and they have a really great like, ew, gay, but they're silhouettes <laughs> and everyone's wearing a cowboy hat. So like there's no way we as the audience were like really supposed to catch that that was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Which is convenient because it's not a good joke. Yeah. And then they replay the injury. They don't just keep the injury. They replay the shot of yeah. the injury. <laughs> they use the same same footage, 100%. Or some other guy had the exact same injury happen. They were like, all right, <laughs> Steve, you try it. Because fucking Dave broke his ankle. That was ridiculous. Oh, really easy my move. ankle. And then, and then Steve was like, ah, I did the same thing. <laughs> it hurts a lot. And they kept exactly. that too. Yeah. It was it was the Wilhelm scream of this. <laughs> Yep, and uh, they just slowly taper out of this musical number. They don't really end it. It's just yes. kind of winding down and then done. Yeah, he obviously doesn't know how to because he did this with the other one, too. He doesn't know how to end songs, so they just sort of like play a little bit of the background music and all the dancers sort of nod at each other like, you didn't give us anything else to do here. And then, uh, <laughs> then it cuts back to the main plot again. Yep, <laughs> so... Now it's six years later, and we're in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Very exciting. Question, can you just be a cop in a different place? Is that how cops work? Almost certainly not. (laughs) I think it's like TGI Fridays. You just apply for a transfer, and they set you up. Yeah, I see. It's like like a substitute teacher. You just come in, and you're like, I'm a geometry teacher today, everybody. Yep. (laughs) Homicide detective. Yeah, and this is my partner and brother-in-law. You have to put us together. Yeah. So they're they're in Oklahoma and they're partner cops. This whole little scene is just to like introduce how silly Oklahoma is because they're dealing with an old lady who insists that mole men are in her backyard. I bet that never comes back. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, and uh, the other great little Oklahoma bit is uh, they have to 
leave the lady with the mole men quickly because they get a radio call that something's gone wrong at the local bar and they show up and somebody named Bubba's in there just breaking everything because he's drunk. Yep. Uh, Bubba. And then the doors open and Bubba is a bull. Ah, is, what? I thought it was a person who drank too much. No. That's comedy gold. He's uh. a cow. Can you imagine if tequila a bull? What? I want to see how that scene got started. Hey, everybody. Everybody, look. It's Bubba. Bubba's Yay! here. Right? I'm, I'm sorry. Is, is that a cow in this bar? That ain't no cow, man. That's a bull. That's right. Right. Sorry. Obviously. And you... You you brought him into the bar because what what bull can't have a drink now? This is America. You got something against bulls and cows? No no no. Sorry, I guess go ahead. That's that's fine. No no. You know what? You know what? Hey Boa, let's get out of here. We don't have to share a bar with bigots who don't want to be in the same room with you. Good day, sirs. So he's fucking that cow, right? Yeah, probably. Do you think it's any good? It is. Huh, great. I like the kids. Uh, his kids look like they were designed to be trafficked. <laughs> you know like, what? If I saw those kids walking down the street, I'd be like, I guess I got to kidnap these kids and sell them to I, somebody. I got to buy that one. I got to buy that one. Gotta traffic these children to a Saudi prince. You guys want to give a hand job to Robert Kraft, or <laughs> how you feeling? Make some money. Might get to meet Bill Belichick, huh? <laughs> Kids yeah. love Bill Belichick, right? Come on. <laughs> what kid doesn't want to meet Bill Belichick? He seems like he'd be fun with kids. If you would let Bill Belichick babysit your children, please call this number. Sadly, it wasn't Belichick. It was Kraft. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Hidden camera wise, Belichick, he knows what he's doing. But, um, yeah, he would figure it. He would figure it out, though. He'd figure out a way to get away with it. And then they'd have to change the child sexual assault laws. They'd be like, no, it's it's crazy. He actually figured it out that if you no. fire a kid out of a cannon and you're thrusting at the same time, it's technically. <laughs> but had, from now on, he can't do that. He had cameras on the police station and he saw us doing our signs from when we would show up for the sting. And he, he saw the whole thing coming. Was, we have to make a new rule about this or something. You can't you can't just film the police station secretly. Yeah. So. Point is, he gets to keep your son. <laughs> so. I don't make the rules. Uh, yes, you do. Yep. You, OK. No, you're right. I do. But, you know, from now on, from now on. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, now it's firmly established that we're in Oklahoma because of all that comedy shenanigans. So now we cut over to Victor Jr., Victor's son at his school, where uh, he has a porn star teacher. It's So my first thought was, holy shit, this is a porn star. This movie just got fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I realized both of you also had notes on, is this one a porn star? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a model. I don't think she's done porn that I know of. I did some extensive research and couldn't find anything. But uh, yeah. This is, uh, if, you, if you couldn't find it, it's not, it's not out there. <laughs> Plug her face into deep mind. We'll find it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But I'm pretty sure this was just like a porn set. And they, they were like, did you just stay in costume? You're the teacher for this <laughs> uh, scene in this Christian movie also. And she's like, Tell oh, you perfect. what. 
extra 50 bucks, extra 25 minutes. No one will come on you. She was like, I'm sold. You had me at extra 50 bucks. <laughs> yep. And uh, so Victor Jr.'s in school and he asked the teacher if he could go to the bathroom. And he, he walks into the bathroom where a giant gang of crack dealers is having a party slash crack transaction. 45-year-old crack dealers who are at this <laughs> yes. middle school. And they act, they act shocked that a child came into the bathroom at this elementary school. Like, how'd you find our secret hideout? <laughs> and uh, some other kid is buying like $2,000 worth of crack to smoke right now. And they're doing that. He buys he he buys Bush Senior press appearance <laughs> levels of cocaine. He hands him a pillowcase of cocaine yep. for three dollars. He's got like a five in there. Do you, do you guys have change for my giant pillowcase of crack? All right, here you go. Bring change next the time. The giant novelty check. We need fives and ones. Always just always bring fives and ones. <laughs> yeah. So they're doing their transaction, and this is when porn star teacher gets suspicious. She's like, oh, he's taking a while. Maybe there's a giant gang of crack dealers that I've never seen before having a transaction in the bathroom and beating him up. And that's exactly what's happening. And she runs in and scares the crap out of a giant crack gang. They're like, oh my oh, God, a white lady. And they run away. <laughs> also, why does she check on him? Like, I really wanted to see establishing scenes where this teacher is just like, Jimmy, you've been in there for three minutes. Okay, it's weird that you always do this. It's weird. Go... <laughs> Go teach your class, please. Thank Not you. Not doing crack. <laughs> okay. Right, it's weird that you right. said that. Like, at least have the voice of God whisper in her ear, check the bathroom. Oh, Go into see? the bathroom and check. Look at the little boy's wiener. Uh, Chris, you, do it. Are you writing this all down? Because this is a beautiful movie you're putting Christian together. movie. Uh. Millions of dollars. <laughs> right. So what, when are we making our own Christian movie? I think that's an excellent question. <laughs> Soon as possible. We have the source material. When this is over. Absolutely. <laughs> so the crack gang runs away from the very small white lady. And now we cut to the school office and dad's showing up now with uh, Jimmy, the partner, to investigate the giant crack operation that's apparently happening at this elementary school in rural Oklahoma. Oh my God. It's a, if the teacher comes over. She's like, hi, I'm his homeroom teacher. And he super casually is just like, so uh, why did my kid get into a fight with four 34 year olds? You got any clues for me? Oh yeah. The entire Latin Kings chapter of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. They, they're setting up shop here. This is their spot. I don't know. That's it. They rented the bathroom on Thursdays from two to four. What can we say? She literally says, I'm afraid it was thugs, sir. Thugs. Yep. <laughs> like it's a diagnosis. I'm afraid your son has thugs. No. Turns and he's got a tear drawn on his face. Oh, it's spreading. <laughs> then we get the cops asking about the specifics of the thugs. Specifically Which like. Which way were their hats tilted? Yeah, yes. exactly. Which way they did they had baseball caps? Okay, but which way were they tilted, left or right? That was somehow important. Oh, it's amazing. And and what this is supposed to be is because Jimmy takes him aside afterwards and he's like, Look, this is obviously the V Kings or the what are they, the King murderer. The Vice guy. Kings, yeah. The Vice Kings. It's the dumbest she, name. I think it's the five ice kings. <laughs> And, and Vince's response is, let's not jump to conclusions. 
this is rap music's fault. <laughs> yep. 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 hundred percent. That's, that's actually how they explain it. It's, it's mostly rap music and, you know, Mortal Kombat. There's a lot of violence in that too. Uh, let me ask you something. Uh, one more thing about their appearance. Was anyone dressed like a Japanese thunder god? Were there anybody <laughs> shooting lightning bolts? Like Raiden? No? Okay. No. Just Did anyone launch themselves across the room fists first? Like, yeah. Yeah. Was there, a there was a little bit of that. Okay. Oh, there we go. Crime solved. All right. I'll write that down. <laughs> right. But what his partner is propositioning and what this movie will be about is that Gangs from the inner city of Chicago have moved to Broken Arrow, <laughs> Oklahoma, so that they can sell drugs. Yeah, you know, you're a gang, you need to sell drugs. Where should we go? A city full of people who want drugs? No, no, no. The bathroom <laughs> of a public school. Which is a bunch of 35-year-old men who are the only ethnic minorities in town hanging out in a middle school bathroom selling crack. <laughs> No one will notice. Huge <laughs> amounts of crack. Yeah, pillowcases of crack. Hiding in plain sight. It's genius. <laughs> Everybody poops, so it makes sense that they're in the bathroom. <laughs> and then it's time for a little one-on-one -on -one with his son. His, his son is scared. I tried to get them off me, but you never taught me how to defend myself, Dad, martial artist. <laughs> <laughs> and he explains to him that fear and faith are similar. And I just wrote in my notes, you said it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can see Carmen get confused. He's like, fear and uh -huh. faith are both extremely dumb assumptions about the future. Is that the lot? Does that it's not ruin it? You wrote it, man. I don't know. You want faith to cut? You want good. to change the line? You wrote the screenplay. Carmen wrote this screenplay, by the way. He yeah. sure did. Faith is good. Fear is also good. Someone had just taught him about yin and yang. Yep. And he was like, ooh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, okay. So, okay, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the same, but they're different. I get Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll work in them. <laughs> and then this scene ends with probably one of my favorite things we have ever seen in any of our movies, a bro prayer. They they clasp fists like the end of Rocky Three, <laughs> and pray in that position. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How do you guys pray? <laughs> <laughs> Not with my bros. Starting now like this, but beforehand I was doing it wrong. We do a lot I'm of over right now. We're praying. We're just gonna we're gonna arm wrestle pray together. <laughs> we do a lot of seven layer dip face rubbing too, which is fun. So yeah, they <laughs> they pray together, and the son's kind of still a little skeptical. He's like, "Great, okay, we can pray." I mean, your speech was kind of dumb though. Do you want to like catch the crack dealers who beat me up? I feel like you know your job. We're we're wasting a little time with the prayer. We're doing a bro prayer. Sorry, okay, okay, Dad. Sorry. Yep. So uh, we cut from there to uh, an old timey horror movie that I thought this. I thought they dropped this in by accident, like Devin was talking about before. <laughs> I was like, oh, is the the file's broken. We're in a, a black and white horror movie all of a sudden. But yeah, this turns out to be music video universe again. Um, but we don't find out for a while because they don't break into music. We're just watching this. No, they don't sing for like a solid 10 minutes. And uh, fun fact, this song has the worst possible lesson you could teach a child about scary things. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong here. The message that he sends is when, when something scary is happening, including one of his examples, an escaped murderer, you stand up, you throw your chest out, and you yell, I'm a temple of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yep. 
this is yeah this is this is this all of these ideas are from a pamphlet put out by catholic priests <laughs> what to do what to do if if a pedophile approaches <laughs> the pedo- i'm a vessel of the holy spirit yes you are yes you are <laughs> And you're safe now. A murderer's guide to not getting murdered. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I my notes here are just I'm a temple of the holy chop. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I learned that alligators are atheists. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, that's the best. <laughs> Carmen obviously ran out of monsters, right? He had the escaped serial killer. There's a Frankenstein monster. There's a mummy. And then there's an alligator. Which means they were all sitting around a big round table and Carmen was like, monsters, monsters, uh, mummies, Frankenstein, alligators, obviously, and also uh, escaped murderers. And they were like, I'm sorry, what was that last one? Uh, escaped murderers. They alligator atheist. <laughs> sorry, I was slow with my idea. Did you say alligator atheist? Okay. Alligators <laughs> are atheists, yeah. Perfect. They don't believe in God because they're alligators. <laughs> right. <laughs> they know better. <laughs> Yeah. When you're when you're that high on the food chain, you go, hey, nah, there's nothing better than me. <laughs> All alligators are born atheists. That's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> but th- that's the theme here is like, no matter what's attacking you, it could be a pedophile. It could be uh, a monster. It could be an alligator atheist. Just use your faith. And we get, we get Carmen like seeing these monsters all attacking him at once at, at the end of this thing. And he's licking his finger, trying to get to the right Bible verse to like defend himself. <laughs> and it was the best. I wanted to see that keep going for a while. The, the, yeah. the alligator atheist is like, oh, dude, you're, you're in the wrong spot. You want to go go ahead to like, I don't know. It's Leviticus. It's, it's Leviticus, Leviticus has a lot of good stuff. That's where you want to check. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, if there's a Bible verse that saves you from all evil, memorize it. <laughs> just, just take an afternoon and like really commit it to memory. Really put some time in, so that so that when you're about to be murdered, you don't have to you don't have to go to the reference material, dude. And that's an easy one, like, dude, I'm a gay alligator. You know this one. You didn't memorize on. the Leviticus one about the I'm a gay atheist alligator. This is easy. What if I lie he's down? Right. He's wearing a bright purple suit this entire time. Yes, oh, he is. Which is which is really amazing. Which is a hate crime, one hundred percent. That thing is brutal. Yeah. So that slowly comes to a close too. He really, he really just winds these down without endings almost every time. And uh, now we're back to the real universe with Officer Vic and Officer Jimmy getting donuts together. Yeah. Like his kid was just assaulted by a bunch of drug dealers in a town where the only other crimes are the bull got drunk and the insane woman thinks that there's mole men in her backyard. Like his boss wasn't like, you know what? Take the rest of the day off. <laughs> you be, know, with, be with your child who is just the victim of a crime. You know what? I, I really love it if you guys would focus on the the drug dealers thing. Now nah, we got to go check out this mole man report. Sorry, we'll be back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they show up on the scene to uh, deal with the mole men again. And it's actually, you know, the lady was right. There's some real stuff happening in, in her backyard. It, but it's actually yeah. gang members. Yes, because this whole movie is aimed around the crazy lady who thinks mole men are in her backyard is right. It's just minorities in drug dealing tunnels. Drug dealing tunnels. (laughs) Drug dealing tunnels. (laughs) But they meet, they have secret underground tunnels, but they do most of their business in the bathroom of a middle school. Well, you know. (laughs) Like they have an underground layer. They have it. 
That's like if a Bond villain is like, where should we uh, hide the nuclear weapon? We can hide it on our islands shaped like a skull. Or like in Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bond, please follow me. I rented one of these go-to meeting spaces. Let me just <laughs> enter my pit. Oh, God damn it. We don't have the room for another five minutes in an electronic. Um, do you want to just wait or should we... I don't want to wow. extend the reservation backwards because that's like an extra half hour. Maybe so. maybe we just hover at Starbucks and try to just take over a whole area. They have yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah, let's, let's aim for that and then we'll come back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so all that's established here is that there is now like a full-on gang invasion from Chicago, apparently like through the sewers of the United States from Chicago into Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And the Vice Kings are here to set up their operation. And then we cut back to the police station and Victor's calling his old lieutenant back in Chicago to tell him what's going on and kind of ask about the gang situation. And the exposition here is so painful and immediate. He's like, Victor, it's been six years. You and your cop partner left me because you were afraid of gangs. How did that turn out? Is this call related? It is fantastic. Remember when I told you that the gangs would follow you no matter where you went? Six years ago? I remember ago? saying that. I remember every sentence I've ever said. It's actually a mental illness. I can't stop remembering. Help me. Yeah. And he tells... Uh, <laughs> Victor tells his boss that his son walked in on a crack party. Like, the way he said it was weird, too. It was like, like you know, surprise, crack! Like, my son walked in on that yeah. in, in the bathroom of his elementary school. They didn't oh. even give him a turn to hit the crack pinata. Those <laughs> bastards. Oh, uh, A crack so pinata is just whoever you're dating at the time. <laughs> Devin, you're putting together some million-dollar ideas. Just, I'm loving it. Just write all these down. Crack pinata would sell. I mean, yeah, I'm taking it out to Shark Tank. Really, really just, I mean, it could be any housing for the crack, but Pinata is like one of the best ones I've, I've heard before. Yeah, that's strong. So he's, he's telling uh, the Chicago boss about this, this gang problem. And the Chicago boss is like, oh, this, no, this makes perfect sense. Um, we, you know what we did? This is actually on us. We, we sent some gang members to Oklahoma once. Yes. <laughs> so again, the, the uh, the plot of this movie is that recovery programs for like dangerous youth and juvenile offenders are actually just secret ways for gang members to find new places to deal drugs. And the cops in the town don't know. <laughs> like that's what blows my mind is that there's like there's like a home for like kids who got arrested and need to straighten themselves out. And the cops have no idea that this exists. Unaware that this happens at all. Like, there couldn't be a better thing for them to make a villain in their movie. It's just, you know, they're smuggling the uh, the drugs in the free diapers we give to single mothers. That's what those programs are really for. <laughs> and this is actually where we fully set up our villain here, T-Rex. The uh, Chicago lieutenant's like, dude, yeah, so there's there's a bunch of gang members down there, but especially this one guy, um, Mexico McMexican, or I forget his name, but he's a Mexican, <laughs> and he's a murderer, and we know that, and we had him in custody. We, we were going to put him in jail for murder, which uh, now that I think about it would have made sense more than what we did, but we sent him down there 
So now he's remember where you, you are. shot him in the neck. Do you remember shooting him in the neck? <laughs> it was six years ago. And then afterwards, I talked about your wife dying. You seemed uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's how we know T-Rex and his gang are down there and they're probably going to do a murder spree like right away. Yeah. His his old lieutenant is like, oh, yeah, no, they're definitely going to kill your kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do I think the first thing they're going to do is? I mean, the first thing they're going to do is murder your child. Yep. Where is your child right now? Oh, he's in an abandoned school building. Well, we should probably cut over there to see what's going on. <laughs> now, Quinta, your department, do you have a smash cut? Smash cut. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we smash cut right over to the school. There's a dead janitor on the ground. So the murder spree has begun. Yeah, I think this is, I think we have to remind ourselves, we have to keep keeping track in our head of the crimes that these people have committed. So murder, they've murdered this janitor. They were dealing drugs in a school zone, assaulted a kid. So far, those are the crimes committed by these <laughs> We will people. revisit these momentarily. We will revisit that later. Yep. <laughs> check, check, check. So the gang's just standing in the hallway of this emptied out school in the middle of the night, wondering why any of their actions are happening. Yeah. And there's this amazing moment. So for some reason, the kid is going to school at night and he like exits the classroom. He's like, oh no, a bunch of adults. And they they all surround him and they're like, we're going to teach you a lesson. But I, I don't know, Carmen was hitting on an AD or crying in the bathroom for jerking off or something. <laughs> so he doesn't enter quickly. <laughs> and you see these four grown adults be like, we're going to get you. Here we are. We have you now. We have promised violence. Start out with an Indian burn, I guess. <laughs> Start small with some p pinches. Right. We're going to tickle you to the point where you don't like it anymore. <laughs> Watch out. Eventually, I'm going to put this knife in your throat, but we're going to take babies. We're, so. we're going to start with tickling, and we're going to move up to moida. Hopefully, you'll also buy some crack from us. I feel like that's... <laughs> It's not a good sales strategy we're going with here, but will you you will buy crack later? Great. Okay. And when when they stole when they stole this kid's jacket, he had in his pocket a schedule with everywhere he was going to be for the next <laughs> week and the time. Because these gang members were they they didn't have to look far. They like they were like, oh, let's uh, I guess we'll just go to the school at night. Kids are at school at night, right? That's where kids <laughs> live. Schools. We saw him at school once. He's probably always there. <laughs> Yeah. My doctor says I lock object permanence. Where'd you go? Oh, it was just blinking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the cops are in the next room or the next, you know, schoolyard over. So they show up right now. Well, just just Vic and uh, Jimmy first. And they're here to save Vic Jr. And this is where Vic Jr. gets held at knife point. And this actor has the knife. He is holding it to the kid's neck. Like a gun, you know the scene where a guy, the guy, bad guy has a gun pointed at the good guy's kid. That's what this guy chose to pantomime with a knife for this scene. He was like, "I'll do it. I will." I'm not convinced that it's not an emery board. <laughs> I will. I will stab your child in the ear. I will assuming... get rid of this wart if I have to. <laughs> and he's pointing a gun at him. Like you can shoot someone before they can stab. Yeah. Mexican standoffs don't work if only one of you has a gun. Right. <laughs> so Victor pulls his gun. He's a police officer. Again, doesn't really understand how standoffs work, especially gun versus knife. 
This guy's literally brought a knife to a gunfight. He has the gun. This, yeah. He's not aware of the advantage in that situation. This would make if 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 his son was also a six foot four, two hundred and fifty pound <laughs> man who was like covering most of this person's body. Please, but daddy. Like, if he was played by not, Shaq, he's not. Yeah, he's not crouched like. <laughs> Like anywhere you would shoot this guy is completely visible. It would be difficult <laughs> not to shoot this guy. You're in a hallway. <laughs> but that wouldn't allow Carmen to show off more of his sweet karate moves. So, uh, boy, he's good at karate. So <laughs> he somehow gets talked into putting down his gun and he slides his gun like under the lockers. And now it's time for him to fight the entire gang with his hand to hand combat skills. Oh, and there's an incredible, so he karate's all the bad guys, uh, yeah, but there is one absolutely amazing moment in the fight choreography. This African-American stunt person is not in any other fight in the movie, um, but he runs at Carmen too fast for the fight choreography and has to <laughs> slow down for his Little League dad karate skills. He's like, I'm going to get you. My oh, wow. You are moving your arms so slow. I mean, yeah, here I come. <laughs> it's the Watch this movie just to watch this actor realize halfway through a punch that he's about to strike Carmen in the goddamn face. And he has to slow down like he's chasing a toddler down a hallway. Just like, here I come, Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And... Every karate move in this whole sequence clearly ended with like, ow, ow, I called no doing that. I called no, no low kicks. We said no shin kicks, no shin. That ah, that hurts so much. This is if all Little League dads got together to make an action movie, the movie. Okay, what if attacker comes from the north and now <laughs> the east? And yeah, so that, that it's, it's all just a bunch of horrible, horrible one day of karate classes stuff as usual. And uh, of course, Vic wins in the end. And how does his kid fine. not get stabbed in the throat? Like I don't remember. <laughs> oh, the, how the kid he does a sweet that. karate move too. The kid does the classic toe stomp, which makes you drop your knife, and he runs away. Oh, that's right. So the kid does know karate. He was just being an asshole yeah. in the bathroom earlier. Yep. Like, nah, I don't want to use my karate skills yet. Boo! Karate's boring. Yep. <laughs> so everyone's okay, and the adjacent police, of course, show up. And now we're outside of the school describing uh, what might happen over the next 55 minutes of movie that we still have to deal with. <laughs> and uh, this is just another moment to give us one of those, you know, God Bible messagey things. This, this particular one is, if God calls you to do something, he also equips you with the tools you need. That's the lesson. And even the actors in this movie seem confused by that lesson. He says that, and the porn actress is just like, what? And he's like, let's let's go to the CGI airplane. I got a CGI airplane <laughs> song coming up. Listen, I, I we blew the whole budget on this CGI fucking airplane. <laughs> We're going to use do you, it. Do you like Nintendo 64? Do you like airplanes? You will love the next music video. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we cut to a terrible, terrible CGI airplane. This, the seats of this airplane are church pews. And they sure are. A, a, a Benetton commercial full of people is entering this airplane. And Can we talk about who the passengers on this plane are? Yes. It's like a band please. from the 60s, a nun, Mr. T as a priest, <laughs> yep. like a goth Satan impersonator. Yes. Uh, a man on a jungle safari. 
End of list. <laughs> <laughs> and then the pilot and the flight attendant. Yes. And, and a beam of light. And a beam of and light that's driving the plane. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, a co-pilot and a beam of light pilot. Because these are the jobs that Carmen could think of. They were like, Carmen, uh, who's on the plane? Oh, you know, the usual nuns, priests, Satanists, safari guys. <laughs> Native American, you're doing the village people. Uh, that's... We'll, like we'll do that. No, I'm not. Jungle Safari. That wasn't a village person. No matter how hard I auditioned, that was not a village person. <laughs> because there's no villages in the jungle. I should have known. And uh, this is, of course, another musical number. And um, how would you guys describe this one? It's It's got rap, but also it's got some ABBA, which was an interesting combo. It's a rap about how Satanists don't want to accept salvation until the turbulence gets bad enough? <laughs> yep. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that. I was wondering why Satan came around towards the end. <laughs> yeah, of the Satan movie. does pick a salvation card at the end of the movie. At Which the is, end of the music hard, video. He's, he's, he is in row 666. He is. Uh, even though I can very clearly see that there are only seven rows. <laughs> right. That, yeah, there's one like evil looking, pale, gothy, supposed to be like atheist Satanist guy on the plane. And I guess the lesson is about throwing heathens out of your airplane to heaven. I, is, that's what it's they're unclear. singing about, right? Unclear. Okay. I mean, I took away is I don't have to believe in God until shit gets really bad. Yep. Which is like, I'm honestly okay with that message. That's what I'm like, doing. That's my plan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if my life gets shitty enough, I might decide that Jesus is the answer. There you but go. until then, I, he's just not. You're, yep. you're fine. Just don't get killed okay, suddenly Herman? and you're good. Yeah. Yeah, you got to see it coming. When this music video ended, I literally just wrote, if you can tell me what this metaphor is, I will suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both told you what the metaphor was. That's locked in. Well, commercial break. <laughs> All right. So they wind that one down. Musical number about the airplane to heaven's done. They fly into heaven. And now we're back at the headquarters. Kickboxing Chulo! That would be a good way to describe what we're seeing right now, correct? Um, we're at the headquarters for the, the Vice King's big crack operation in Oklahoma, and their leader guy, T-Rex, is kickboxing with a heavy bag. Yep. And um, he's wearing some interesting costume choices. How, how would you describe what he's got on right here? Like He is wearing hoop earrings, a crop top, and booty shorts. Yeah, he basically, he took Shaq's <laughs> costume from Kazam and then just, like, kept shrinking it. <laughs> like he just, like, it's not small enough. I gotta shrink it again. It's like they came up to him before the scene. They were like, you remember the outfit the child prostitute wore in the first scene? You're gonna laugh. We said we needed a costume for one of your scenes, and the lady, she got confused. So, hoop earrings. <laughs> It was during this scene that I officially hated how long this movie was. Yeah. Because oh. this movie could have been 45 minutes long. That would have this been movie could have been six have minutes long. Yeah. We would have lost nothing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. So all, all we're learning here is that the gang has planned. They're going to bail everybody out of jail. Like five or six of their gang members got arrested at the school in that other scene. So uh, now they're going to get them out of jail. And T-Rex is going to help handle this. He's going to come down to Oklahoma and get personal revenge on Officer Victor. Carmen thinks that Oklahoma and Chicago are right next to each other. Yeah. And they're not. 
<laughs> they're they're no. just they're far away. No, there's space. You could it's it's a quick Google map check. Anyway, um I'll be there in 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> really wanted that like 17 hour road trip from Chicago to Oklahoma. All right, gang members, I'm thinking of a thing. <laughs> Walking through the sewers. This I feel like this is even longer than the drive. We we're underground, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so we got away from the gang HQ and now we're back at the police station with Vic and Jimmy. And uh, they're talking about the bus they made. We learned that paperwork sucks and they should just kill people yes! instead of arresting them. Again, this yeah. movie is just the avatar of your racist uncle. He's like, what's the deal with this? It takes me 10 minutes to bust some freak. It takes me 10 years to give them due process. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's the message here from the police officers that are the good guys in this movie. And then uh, T-Rex shows up at the station. Here, to, He's here to post bail. And he's perhaps dressed even more ridiculous and looking even more ridiculous than he was in the last scene. Yeah, now his beard is cut into equal rectangles. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do you want to talk a little about this this bail situation? Yeah, so, so the bail is $600 for like 17 guys. All of them. Who, let's let's go over the list, who were selling crack at a school, assaulted a kid, <laughs> then came back to kill the kid so he couldn't testify against him. Murdered a while janitor. While doing that, attempted to murder a cop. <laughs> Their bail for all of them is $600. <laughs> Total. It's group bail. And like, I just... And like, no, a judge goes, oh, no, I'm going to hold you without bail because just common sense. Because you tried that. to murder a child <laughs> of a police officer who watched you try to do that. Probably not going to give you bail. Yeah. But again, Carmen seems to think that bail is like you never go to jail. He's like, hey, they just walked out of here. <laughs> That's not what bail is. Bail isn't just no. like, all right. $600 and you officially and legally did not do those crimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. So $600 bail and he's, he's walking out. T-Rex is walking out with his whole gang with the group bail taken care of. And one of his gang members walks up to him and he's like, so we're going to murder any of these cops later? Like that guy right there? Him? Should we murder him later? Or what are we doing? Uh, yeah, definitely later. But let's speak about this loudly right here in the middle of this police station. <laughs> but it was, but like the guy wasn't suggesting later. He goes, you want to go get this fool? Like, let's go, let's go <laughs> kill this police officer in the police station 30 <laughs> seconds after we post back. He's right there. Let Are me you put got... this gun to my head first. <laughs> Are you guys talking about me? I'm just the bail clerk. You want Also, fucking bail clerk didn't, uh, didn't give his his buddy a call. Hey, you know that guy who tried to kill your kids? I'm letting him out on bail right now. Right now. At approximately $33 a person. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and uh, then we fast forward to a few hours later. Um, we, we know that because they show us a wall clock moving. Oh my God. This movie's such a Mary Sue that one of the characters in it has to compliment how good his paperwork is. That's how great Carmen had to be in every aspect of this movie is that they, they stop the movie so that this other character can go, wow, man, you sure are good at paperwork. <laughs> Nobody paperworks like you, I mean, Vinny, wink. Man, you can sing, you can do martial arts, you can act, and you probably should write the next great American novel. <laughs> 
character, not person, <laughs> who's my boss, who wrote these words for me to say. Banana pajama, pajama banana. Stop it. No, you stop it. I'm auto dictating. I heard a rumor your dick was so huge, but you don't use it because Jesus. <laughs> Did you guys see the motivational poster of a puppy going upstairs I did. behind them in this scene? I want desperately to know what that motivational poster says, <laughs> what motivation it gives us. It, I couldn't read it. And it made me very upset. I want to know which, uh, which police officer brought that in and was like, so gentlemen, it's uh, with all those serial rapes, it's been kind of a downer <laughs> week, but uh, <laughs> never stop stopping, huh? I thought we'd put this a journey right here. of a thousand miles begins with a single step. <laughs> I'm a full grown adult who enforces the law. <laughs> I'm a sheriff. This is an elected position. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, you know how there hasn't been a big band musical number yet? Don't worry. That's happening now. That's what's happening next. Mm, Get excited. Keith, sorry, I hate to interrupt. Does this musical number have a secret Nazi in it? Yes, it does. Okay, it does. great. Go ahead. Great. Go ahead. Yes, it fucking does. Great question. It fucking does. So you know how a lot of big band musical numbers don't have a secret Nazi in them at all? And it's they're sorely lacking? Yeah. A Where's Waldo level Nazi. They fixed that problem in this movie. <laughs> so we're getting like... A weird, like, you know, Copacabana jazz singer thing going on. And Carmen is, this is the, one of the saddest things I've ever heard. The musical persona he chose for this number is Cleveland Dave. That's his name as a jazz singer here. And he's... Boy, did I miss that. Oh, it's so I rough. would have turned the movie off if I had noticed Just that. a single Facebook message from Devin. Fuck you. He's from Chicago. Why couldn't they have called him Chicago, Dick? <laughs> that would have been infinitely less sad. Yep. Cleveland Dave. And oh uh, he's doing a song that's, it's a list song. You know, list songs? Yeah, he's got a list of seven things that the Old Testament tells you to do to worship. And he tells you at the beginning, here comes a list. Here's the table of contents at the beginning of my song. Here will be all the verses, and it takes forever. It's so slow, knowing, especially... There are seven things. They're all basically the same. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, he's listing... Yep. Again, this is so supposed to be Bible education, and he's listing all the different ways to praise God, except a bunch of these originally meant, like, you got to sacrifice this, and you got to do this special prayer. You got to do that kind of special prayer. But Christians don't do any of that. So he just translates all of them into like hip, hip, hooray. He's like, then there is shakar, which means burn a calf on the seventh day. But <laughs> but we mean, Let's put, clap your hands. Confusing. <laughs> if you love God and you know it, clap your hands. 99 gods of God. On, okay, that's too slow. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we get, we, we described Carmen doing some of his dance moves in an earlier number. Oh, we get a little more of that in this one. I, at some point during like a rehearsal, Carmen yelled out like, when does Carmen play the drums and tap dance in this number? What? <laughs> what? Uh, all right. Did you say play? Who? Somebody yeah. said play the drums and tap dance. That's all right. I guess it's, I could give it a try. Yeah. Two, three, they, yeah, they four. Cut, they cut the scene. They wrapped 
Everyone went home. Everyone got a frantic phone call at 1.30 a.m. <laughs> we need to go back to shooting. <laughs> I didn't play the drums. I didn't tap dance. I broke. Yeah, Carmen, do you know how to play the drums or tap dance? I'll figure Shut it out. fuck up I'll, and get back on set. I'll figure it out by the time you get here. I promise you. His <laughs> drum solo and his tap dance is so slow and sad. It is everyone's dad who has ever sat down to an expensive drum set and been like, eh, is it a little like this? It was the chopsticks of playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, just one other detail on this scene. <laughs> Devin, um, why don't you tell the Devin, folks at home what Devin, you noticed? Yeah, Devin, will you please so, yeah, lead us I'm through this? Listen. You found the, I'm watching, the I'm craziest the thing that's ever happened. I'm watching happened. this scene. I'm masturbating furiously. <laughs> and at 10 minutes and 17 seconds into this the second half of this YouTube thing, it just pans over the crowd at his concert. <laughs> One of the guys is in a Nazi uniform. <laughs> he is just, like, just in a Nazi uniform, watching the music, having an okay time, not a great time. <laughs> not loving it. He's not loving it, but he's there. His girlfriend probably took him to it. And he's like, ah, this wasn't as bad as I was worried it was going to be, you know. Yep. I'm having a drink. I've got my my boot on the throat of this Jew. It's not so bad. Yep. I'm, a, I'm an aloof Nazi at this <laughs> jazz show. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The Nazi is having an okay. And th- again, they never acknowledge it in this movie. Nope. Full on wearing a Nazi armband. Swastika armband. Oh, 100%. 100%. I could what? not believe it when I went back to the moment. <laughs> Devin's like, in the notes, actually wrote, 1017, I swear to God, there's a Nazi. <laughs> I was blown away. This is yep. in stock footage. They had to shoot this scene on purpose. So yep. they had a guy, an extra, dressed as a Nazi. And they were like... That guy probably brought it from home. He probably brought his own <laughs> costume from home. They're like, yeah, we need something of the period, you know, formal. And he was like, oh, I got my old Nazi uniform. I got, a, you got, a, 19, I got a 1940s authentic outfit. And they were like, wow, Dave, that's great. And he showed up day of suit and everyone was like, don't say anything. He was so excited. <laughs> wow. We see some crazy things in these movies. This is the craziest thing that's ever happened in any movie. The, the yep. hidden Where's Waldo Nazi is. We, we saw the Koran kill Salman Rushdie. Yep. <laughs> this wins. <laughs> this wins. All right. Well, we're going to pretend this screenplay had acts and uh, say that one of them just ended. So I guess we're going to take a break right here. But before we do, let me give act uh, whatever the hard sell. Devin found a literal Nazi soldier in this movie. Like, <laughs> what other Easter eggs can we find? The Pope blowing a kid, uh, a lynching, Donald Trump getting peed on. Any of those are apparently possible when we return for the glorious conclusion of The Riot. Hey, so you're the infamous T-Rex, huh? You know it, man. You ready to pull off this hit? Oh, yeah. Just let me put in my hoops. Sorry. Um, You're what? Hoops. You know, my hoop earrings so I can murder these people. Right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, murder. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm feeling constricted. I'm just going to go with this crop top for now. Okay. Sure. That w- Whatever. Okay. Mm. What? Oh, no, nothing. Nothing. Um, no, I'm glad you're comfortable. So you want to get moving? We're going to kill some people, right? Let's, let's kill some people. Oh, yeah. Just let me get these shorts off. Oh, come on really? now. Battle thong, bro. 
Let's go kill some people. Cool. Battle song. Cool, 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 cool. What size is that? Small. It's very small. Yeah, Thank you. I get it. Maybe maybe go up to a medium. Oh, fuck this bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. And now that we're done with uh, <laughs> springtime for Hitler, it's time to get back to the story with Officer Vic walking into a diner. Where his 11-year-old daughter works? <laughs> Nights at a diner? Yeah. <laughs> well, she used to work at a steam factory. It's a real upgrade. Yep. And uh, their special there, by the way, is chicken and fries because... Oh, my God. It's amazing. The saddest, darkest timeline. He comes in, she goes, our special tonight is chicken and fries. <laughs> she might as well say people food. <laughs> right. <laughs> so It's this great new thing called Soylent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but try. So... Vic's daughter is trying to set him up with porn star teacher who is also at the diner. Also, like, so last we heard from our hero, chief, former chief of police boss was like, oh, yeah, they're going to kill your family. And his thought was, I don't know where my son is. He's probably fine. Let's go to the diner. Time for a snack. (laughs) If I'm going to keep my family safe, I got to be fed. Got to get some chicken and fries. They're perfect in October. So I'm going to go down there. Yeah. So <laughs> he's he's getting set up now by his daughter with the teacher who's, who's sitting there too. It's going to be hard though because it's the first time either of them have talked to somebody of the opposite sex. It's the best. Oh, this is fucking brutal. Yeah. This actress has never been in a scene on camera where someone's fist didn't end up inside her and she is baffled with what to do. She's... She has this amazing moment where she's pantomiming drinking coffee at the beginning. And it's it's not coffee, so she drinks it too quickly. So she just chugs. She's just like, finished, just done. Throws it in her face like a marathon runner. Yeah. Yeah. I won the coffee race. Isn't that a thing? (laughs) And she accidentally makes eye contact with the camera for a second, too, and then looks away embarrassed. (laughs) It's the best. It's amazing. And then uh, Vic walks over to her. He's like, fine, daughter, I'll go, you know, try to flirt with this lady. And he he walks up and he's he's supposed to have a line, but she's supposed to have a line first. And he doesn't realize that or he forgot. He fucks it up. It's it's fantastic. And they kept the take. They keep the take where he's like, well, you know, and she's like, well, you know, oh, uh, sorry, go ahead, you. And then I'll say the exact words that I started to say. Well, do, do you mind if I, oh, you're. Do you mind if I wave my arm while you finish your line? You're done. I talk now. Great. Great. <laughs> this is also where we learn that the teacher's first name is Jewel. Just like the singer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, no problem. I'll call you Jewel then. I'm Victor. And she's like, I would love to call you Victor. It's it's the dumbest. It's the worst, most awkward conversation. Like this clearly got written by Carmen while he was standing naked in front of his bathroom mirror, just being like, <laughs> oh, Victor, I would love to go. Oh, it's so, it's so bad. He had, a, he had a, he printed out Jules' headshot and just like taped it on the wall in front of him. And was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love your music, baby. <laughs> this is how everyone practices their acting. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
But then he forgot he was acting and not practicing karate and just like punched a hole through Jules' head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I would love to watch just Carmen going through the process of writing this. That would have been such a better movie. Yeah. So they finish up their terrible conversation and we cut to the parking lot outside the diner. And this is where T-Rex and the gang, they see Victor's police car and they start planning some shenanigans. They're going to like right there in the parking lot, knowing that the cop will eventually come out to his car and they are out on bail. They're going to spray paint his car as like a vengeance prank. To be fair, they'll never know it's them unless they spray paint their name on the side (laughs) of the car. Ah, crap. The one thing we weren't supposed to do, you guys. (laughs) Quick, quick. Just write not T-Rex. They'll never know. (laughs) Okay. Look, I only know one thing about who committed this crime. He was not a (laughs) T-Rex. Yeah. A human being did this. (laughs) Yeah, T-Rex tags the side of the car and smashes the windshield with a bat. And somebody sees that and runs into the diner and is like, hey, Officer Vic, somebody's fucking your car up. So he runs out there. The well, gang. So they say they say someone's a, messing your car up with a club. No, it was a baseball bat. It was a baseball yeah, bat. It was a baseball I think, bat. Like I guess, I guess it's I guess it's a type of club. Maybe <laughs> my theory that actress had never seen a baseball bat before. Yeah, it was unfamiliar with baseball. It was like this really <laughs> well shaved down shillelagh. I don't know how else to describe. Is it a Louisville shillelagh? I don't know. I don't know. He, you he, know a pencil? Imagine a big pencil. Ah, this is hard. <laughs> It's like a super small tree, but it's not in the ground. (laughs) He's holding the whole little tree in his hand. One of my favorite moments happens right before they run out. The teacher's explaining that her students are lethargic and his immediate response is, (laughs) it's probably crack. (laughs) I forgot all about that. (laughs) They're on crack. You see crack, this is a real quote, is a bumper drug. And I just wrote in my notes, nope. It's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's this great moment at the end here. He's cars on. He goes, gosh, the gangs are just growing. I mean, they never even have to recruit. And I just thought to myself, really? Do they have applicants? What is that process like? Okay, next. Oh, hi. Is it? Is that me? Am I next? Uh, yeah, uh, I think so. Hello. Uh, I'm Big Jimmy. Uh, this is T-Dog right here. Hi. Hi there, I'm I'm Little Biscuit. I see we're hmm. choosing not to do accents for this sketch, like the characters in the movie. Yeah, that's that's probably best, don't you yeah. think? Yes, okay. uh, agree. So, uh, tell us, um, L- Little Biscuit, what makes you V-King's material? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm a huge fan of crime. I did all of my college tours with the V-Kings. My dad and grandfather were V-Kings. Mm. Ooh, mm-hmm. legacy. Nice. That's, that's very a, that's important a plus. That's a big plus, yep. Right. And, you know, as you can see, you know, I have a pretty extensive uh, rap sheet. Oh, yeah. Let me let me see this. So, uh, yeah. Stabbing, murder, murder, drug dealing. Wow. All right. Good stuff. Well, I got to tell you, Little Biscuit, we do not usually do this, but uh, you know what? Welcome to the Vikings, man. Do you mean it? We sure do. Absolutely. Oh my God, Mom, I got in. I know. Get the tattoo gun ready. We're doing this. <laughs> now, fuck this bull. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, 
Now we cut to later that night, and Victor's daughter brought home some key lime pie for Victor, and they're, they're at the house. From her job. She's 12. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, pay me in pie, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm big, they'll give me money, but now they're just giving me pie. Yeah. <laughs> key lime, I mean, that sounded good. I got hungry at this moment. <laughs> Pretty sure I ate. Anyway, yeah, he's just hanging out on the porch. Uh, and it's supposed to be this, like, dark moment. And he's just like, yeah, I'm brooding on this porch swing as kind of takes away the gritty thing because I'm swinging. Is a little, it's kind of cute. Yeah, let me let me broodingly skip rope here. One <laughs> potato. God, I'd potato. be able to brood so much better if my feet hit the ground. <laughs> Just don't kick. You're kicking back and forth. That's making it worse. Okay. Space musical number. <laughs> yep. Now we're into another musical number. Um, in uh, space. Apparently, it's space based. Yep. I gotta say, a lot of the, a lot of the science in this song really convinced me. Oh, I was so hoping this song was about the challenger. It's not. Don't. Uh, Uh, That would have been better. (laughs) I really just wanted a Nazi astronaut somehow in there. (laughs) Just in the background. Yeah. No, we don't get any of that. We're just getting uh, a takeoff sequence, a rocket taken off. And then Carmen talking about uh, biblical astronomy, which was a weird pick. Yeah. Yep. This is the fine-tuning argument via via hip-hop. Yeah, it was, so you weren't persuaded by my non-facts. How about I make up some facts? Yeah, right. How would that have that taste? Yeah, and he's talking about how the Earth is perfectly fine-tuned to support life. And I just wanted, like, an alien ship to pass him, and some guy's giving the same speech about alien Christianity, but... Oh! No. No, and uh, he's talking about how we we breathe just the right amount of nitrogen and oxygen. Uh, well, I mean, to die when we're seventy five, it's it's calibrated perfect for that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and then he has his angry journal entry where he explains that atheism <laughs> has never created an artistic masterpiece, proving or that he a fatal disease, which yeah. is true. Becoming an atheist has never cured a disease. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which <sighs> proves that he has not heard public shit in Oxford, Alabama, right there. So just, you know, <laughs> a refutation. I really enjoyed the uh, the choir of colonized people. Yes! Yeah. You know what goes with astronomy? Um, a boy's choir on a mesa with all different ethnicities. <laughs> so that's what's happening now. Yeah, and like the majority of whom were Native American tribes. Absolutely. Because like... That was the only ethnic costume they could find at Parties R Us when they were doing no their No question. <laughs> His brother-in-law was like, look, my party city is going under because of a certain rape I committed. But I can sell you all of these uh, Native American costumes for literally any amount of money. <laughs> and Carmen was like, I got a music video for this. Yep. So it, it transitions from angry journal entry spoken word to... Uh, Weird, multi-ethnic, stereotype costume choir ending. And then their, uh, their, their buddy who CGI'd the airplane CGI'd a rainbow for them. Yep. Which, if there was a god, wouldn't you have had a real rainbow? Exactly. <laughs> but this is how protest too much this song is. The chorus is, there is a god, there is a god, there is to a god. 
Yes, there is. When you believe in something, you don't have a lyric of the song that goes, there is two. There is two gravity. You don't believe in gravity. You've got your doubts. You lost a dick. Yeah. The world is too round. <laughs> yep. Just look at a globe. <laughs> so, if so the they, world was round, would I would I have made would we have made globes? Come <laughs> So they wrapped that song up and we returned to the story again. And this is definitely when they had to return their good camera to B and H photo that they had rented. Yep. So now we cut to Victor arriving in like 8-bit all of a sudden at a at a surprise thing his daughter and porn lady teacher had set up. Guts! Yeah. Did you guys have guts in your town when you were a kid? I had no I idea had, about this. I had never oh. heard about it. I did go to their website um, and they have a thing called Nightmare which teaches you about all the scary things. It's amazing. It's just, it's just us. <laughs> it is. It is just us. It is the best. So this was super popular where I was from. There would be like a big Guts concert once a year and everybody was welcome. And again, it was like Christian versions of all the things. Like instead of shitting into your hand, you like have chocolate kisses that you throw into the audience. It's the fucking best. It is just Christians doing as close to rock and roll as Christ in their imaginations will allow them. And it's my everything. <laughs> yep. Here's an exact quote. It's described as an inner city ministry that focuses on people from the streets. It's the coolest place in town. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's CBGB for Christian people. It's Christ BGB. It's so dumb. <laughs> By the way, they, they mean white people from the streets. There is only one African-American in this entire room. They introduce him as a former gang member and then they kick him off the stage. Yeah. Yep. Yep, the the lead guy who's actually a real guts minister. I think it's the founder of yep. guts is actually in this movie, and he's up front on stage, and he's like, "This guy used to be a crip, not anymore." Woo! And they're just all going crazy. Like, who's putting their dick in Jesus tonight? Woo! Yeah, <laughs> I've like, and I've never seen a guy. I, I've never been more sure that a guy doesn't do like this is the biggest frat bro coke addict I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> He's got the like the he's got the type he's the type of fat that's like man you would be huge if you didn't do coke, <laughs> <laughs> but like there's no way you don't do rock and roll youth ministry you do it every goddamn day and you're sober like that's not that's who the guy at the beginning of the movie was buying the crack for this ministry <laughs> that's his and that Thursday girl night was crack. his daughter yep. <laughs> Movie's got all sorts of levels. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. This was 100%, in my opinion, a clan rally that agreed to shoot a movie scene because their buddy, the, the Nazi soldier guy, was an extra. And they were like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll be in your movie. It's the best. And we also get this crazy moment. This, this guy, this founder of Guts, pastor guy, set this weird thing up. So he's talking with... Victor and Victor's daughter and the teacher after this big show. And he's like describing how guts works. And he's like, yes, well, I read in the Bible. It says the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. And that makes us. And he's got a kid standing there this whole time just yes! for this dumb reveal. And he's like, that makes us 
all right, fucking spin around, kid. And the kid spins around, and in the back of his dumb shirt, it says, tougher than hell. Oh. <laughs> it's so stupid. So many mall Santas dressed up as bikers in the background here. Oh it goodness. is amazing. <laughs> they did. They got all of their, all of their, like, crowd shots. They just went to the local, like, BDSM club and just, like, panned. <laughs> And then just it just cut that into this to the that was it. of this. They just also he has this great moment when he walks up. He goes, "You got some pretty rough characters out there." Nope, no, they did not. They had white teenagers <laughs> wearing dark eyeliner. Maybe it meant the Nazi soldier was a rough character. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so they wrap up their little conversation, and it's time for another beautiful musical number. Oh my God! What is this accent that he's doing? It's ska music. It's well, Jamaican ska music. I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, that's natural progression after your biblical astronomy slam poetry opera thing. You go and you do some, some ska reggae music, right? At this point, I was done with this movie. And I just started <laughs> thinking to myself, why is this movie called Riot? <laughs> <laughs> that's a solid question. Also, just one little note about this music video. It's terrible. The song is bad. But at one point, they cut to what is obviously a live performance and the only black guy who was there. And he gives this super tight-lipped, polite smile. And they zoom in on it and replay it. They're like, black guy, black guy, blah, 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 black guy. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> also, uh, they happened to own the four largest plaid shirts in the universe and they really wanted to use them. So that's oh. where they worked it in, is, is right here for the dance number. I, I am pretty sure Cobain saw this movie and that's why Courtney Love murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't get it, but I like it. Uh, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So they wrap up their ska reggae number and now we cut to the gang showing up at the diner again. They don't really spend a lot of time selling crack. They just do mostly, you know, weird revenge stuff from the Chicago story. To the diner. Yeah, they're like, they're like knocking over fry pins and like <laughs> cutting people's cake the wrong way. They're like, oh, look at this. Nothing but corner pieces. Yeah. Yeah. They also self-censor their language, which I think is polite of them. They're like, <laughs> get over here, you mother finder. <laughs> <laughs> they actually use the word clucker for fucker at one point here oh uh, do they it's call it great. clucker that's what it is they actually oh, have a clucker God. in there um what was their plan here though the gang i, I was confused uh, to bring the movie to its conclusion ah yes, yes. <laughs> they nailed it <laughs> they do nail oh, it oh man that's fair so they go in there and they just mess up a bunch of stuff and of course the cops show up just but always Vic and Jimmy first. Their cars extra fast compared to the other cops. And they run in and they start breaking up the fight. And then one of the gang members runs out, which in turn lures Vic to run after him. And he guides him into their trap plan, which was a fenced in trapping area that leads into a football field. <laughs> oh my God, it sure does. They they literally like there are 17 of these guys and they carry like his entire body onto the football field so he can have a a final fight with T-Rex. But before that can happen, he's about he's he's getting beat up by the gang and they set him up and they're like, all right, you got to have your final fight. 
But then, was this the gang of Guts people who showed up the out Guts of nowhere? People show up. Yes, yes, the entire Guts group. They just parachute in out of was, nowhere. They were all they were all jerking off under the bleachers, <laughs> and then they're like, "Hey, is that is that that cop? Should we do something <laughs> about it? Let's wait." <laughs> Let's be super clear. The greatest scene of this entire movie is watching these super overweight, not at all biker guys jog heavily down this field for this shot. They're just, it, it's worth watching the whole movie just for the guts crew to be like, okay, here I come. Oh man, it's a full, full size football field, huh? Whoa. Stop for a vomit. I'm going to stop for a vomit. Give me one second. Let me, I'm going to borrow your bucket. It's good you brought bucket. This is so weird. I ran a 5K last year. I should be able to do this. <laughs> so also, the, I feel like we've established on multiple occasions that this gang has guns and knives aplenty. So when the Guts crew shows up, why don't they just kill all of them? <laughs> I don't know. Instead, they're like, oh, they like Jesus and they got that hit music. We'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's 22 of them, there's 21 of us, and all we have is these machine guns. What are we going to do? Drop our machine guns, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So they drop their machine guns, and, and uh, T-Rex is about to be let off, and then Rizzo has one final proposal for him. <laughs> oh, my goodness, fucking gracious. <laughs> it's so dumb. He's like, all right, no, you know what? Uncuff him. We're going to settle this, but we're going to do it my way. Which is the against the law way. <laughs> Which is the impossible way, yes. His proposal is that they are going to have a one-on-one -on -one fight. And if T-Rex wins, he's not under arrest and can run a drug gang in this town. I really wanted anyone to step in here with some honesty. Freeze. You're under arrest, punk. No. Wait a minute. Nope. Continue to arrest him, please. I got a bargain for you. There's no bargains. He's under arrest. You and me, mano y mano. No, that's not how it works. You win, I pack up, and the streets are yours. He cannot offer that, just to be super clear, the streets are not yours. They belong to the taxpayers. But if I win, you change your religion. We're going to get sued, but I'm in. Let's fight to the death. <laughs> That's what we needed. It's so dumb. He's just like, all right, if I lose this fight, I will leave town and the police promise to also shut down entirely. They all, <laughs> all the police are done. And you can have my daughter. <laughs> and you should hang my son as a punching bag. Yep. We actually get a close-up on one of the other cops who's just like super confused and is like, what? It's the best. That yeah, cop just draws his weapon, shoots Vic in the head. And is like, no, 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 we're arresting you. You're under arrest. Chief, Chief said I got six kills. I'm using one of them on Vic right now. And finally, we get the fight. We get the big fight, big MMA battle between Kimo Leopoldo, the actual MMA fighter, and Carmen the performing artist. The uh, actual Christian music country star. <laughs> Man, boy, boy is chemo bigger than Vic here. Um, boy, is it hard for him to make it look like Vic is a competition? <laughs> yeah. Um, Devin, you know a little about MMA, right? You uh, a yeah, yeah, little yeah. bit of knowledge uh, there. Yeah, he, listen, he locks, in a, he locks in a clean rear naked choke. Cool. That would work. I mean, listen, it's not, 
He does he does the move right this time, unlike the first time when he did it wrong. <laughs> uh question though, how much of real MMA is um rolling over and over and over each other like 18 times? Is there a good amount of that? I mean not really, no. This is this is that was a flourish, if you will, <laughs> an artistic <laughs> choice. Yeah. Okay. He's hitting the he's hitting the taunt button a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, obviously Victor wins the fight. It was rear naked choke. Is that what you said it was? It was the rear naked choke. He wins yep. with the rear naked choke. And uh, the crowd of guts people is like, oh, man, this we're going to murder that guy. Like vigilante murder, like good guys would do. But no. Boo. No, he doesn't. And that's the end of the movie. That's it. Nope. But Psych. Psych indeed, Devin. Psych indeed. <laughs> the music universe has not been resolved yet. <laughs> And uh, we get another musical number to close it out. Yeah. It is a hip-hop rendition of a Christmas song about Christ laying dead in his tomb, which is acted out by children. Like, it's, it's supposed to be a... They nail a child to the cross. They nail... There is, a ch there is a Christmas pageant of a child being nailed to the cross in this song, in this music <laughs> number. I feel like this entire number was just... Carmen being like, okay, I got a bunch of new stuff from LL Bean this week. I would like to use all of it. <laughs> I would like to show it off. Hey guys, listen, uh, I, this is coming out around Christmas. I know that the movie's not set during Christmas, but uh, I'm, I got a Christmas album. I got a so. cable knit sweater. <laughs> I've got several leather jackets, Sherpa jackets. I we're we, need to we work. We got it all the out. camera for another four hours, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sell this to grandmothers who will then give it to their children. <laughs> <laughs> you like action movies. You're going to love this. It's just like that Die Hard you like. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we get one little extra thing at the end. We see T-Rex sweeping up after the big holiday pageant that was kind of built into this song. Classic T-Rex. And you doing... know he was selling crack, right? <laughs> so you know that like he works at he now he works at the Guts Guts Church. And like, you know, at the end of Guts, he's sweeping up and people are just coming up to him and buying dime bags. He finally got the proportionality right. He's selling more crack than he ever did in Chicago. <laughs> he meets up with the Nazi soldier. He's like, Oh, you guys have a whole chain of of crack that you can sell at our gang? That's perfect. That's perfect. Aryan Brotherhood. Nice. Good stuff. You guys needed meth to make the blitz work? Cool. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So now the movie's over. Good work. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, I just have one last question. What song do you guys want to see Carmen stealing for his next video? This is America. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, thank you, next. But with but with chemo as Ariana. Beautiful. <laughs> Same outfit. <laughs> Can keep the costume. All right. And uh, if people want to hear more Devin Heater, where should they go? Come over anytime. Just come uh, to the house. Yeah, yeah, let me give you guys my address. Play a little, uh, play a little UFC on Xbox. Uh man, you know, I mean, yeah, if you want to lose, am I right? Uh, no. If you want to see me, uh, you can see my show straight to video improv. We do an improvised movie. Uh, we are at Improv Asylum in New York right now, is our current run. Straight to video improv.com. Excellent. Nailed it. What <laughs> promo. 
Devin, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. No problem. And uh, while that does it for our review of The Riot, The Righteous Invasion of Truth, that's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to get you excited for next week. So tell us, Eli, what's on deck? Death of a Nation. Oh, is that Dinesh D'Souza? <laughs> Dinesh D'Souza. Amazing. <laughs> Well, with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 185 to a merciful close. Big thanks to Devin Heater for joining us again. But more importantly, you're welcome, Devin Heater, for introducing you to the best movie ever created. <laughs> and as always, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make this show go. If you'd like to help us out, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us out a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song is written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and all that was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Devin Heater and Eli Bosnick, I'm Heath Enright, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Animal House clothes. Breakfast Club clothes, they voted. I don't care. It's the Animal House clothes. Jazz-loving Nazi went on to become governor of Virginia. Carmen will come to your church or town for a depressingly small amount of money. We have got to get him to we show up somewhere. He would, have, <laughs> he would have been on the show if you guys had asked. No question. He would have been like, yes, please. Please, God, I need to be relevant again. Please. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Anything right. to make my wife look at me again. <laughs>